Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Jordan Kozub. Jordan is a business development representative for the world's largest manufacturer of safety air guns, Gardair Corporation in Chicopee, Massachusetts. Jordan is 27 and has been in the safety industry for five years, with also being around manufacturing his entire life. He specializes in air safety gun OSHA compliance and has served as a safety consultant for companies across North America. Kozub has also created and implemented air gun safety procedures for corporate safety teams of numerous Fortune 500 companies. Jordan spends most of his time in the field doing hands-on training, safety speeches, and simulated OSHA audits, where he educates teams on safety and cost-saving alternatives. Jordan holds degrees in business and construction management and is a member of Industrial Supplies Association Emerging Leaders. In his free time, Jordan still plays hockey after college and regularly travels to Kodiak, Alaska, where his family is located. Hey, Jordan, how are you doing today? I'm great. Uh, Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being on the show. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Can you kind of give a real brief background about yourself? Sure, no problem. So I work for a company called Guard Air Corporation, and we are the world's largest manufacturer of safety air guns. My role is business development representative. And what I do is mostly travel and consult with Fortune 500 companies and our distributors on different aspects of pneumatic safety, precisely pneumatic air guns and safety air guns and pneumatic vacuums. Great. How did you really get started in that role? So growing up, my grandfather owned a factory. And from early on, maybe I was 10 years old, I was working back there and did every role from washing the toilets to stocking the shelves to doing the shipping and everything like that. So I really had a lot of industrial manufacturing background going into college and whatnot and went to college for construction management and business and just so happened to found guard air afterwards. And the travel aspect caught me, but also when you're in college and you're thinking about this stuff, you're not really thinking safety per se, but That's what intrigued me when I got into the role is dealing with all the safety managers and really making a difference. You're not just going in there and selling a part. You're going in there and really educate people. And having the sales aspect of it combined with the education and the safety, it helped me to find a passion that I didn't have before. And that passion was safety in the workplace, teaching people and doing these mock OSHA audits out in the field. And would you say, um, Jordan, too, that maybe the air guns and stuff like that are kind of that low-hanging fruit for OSHA? Yeah, we like to say that, too. And I remember that I was speaking with you before, and you brought that up, and I chuckled because it's the saying that we say all the time. 
low hanging fruit for sure. So with OSHA, a lot of people don't really realize what surrounds air guns in terms of the OSHA standards. And even if they do, it's very hard for them to understand the standard itself. So the standard is 1910.242B. And basically it states that you shouldn't have an air gun that is over 30 PSI. Now, people misinterpret this and they think that they should have an air gun that only runs at 30 PSI. If you did that, you're better off using a hairdryer. You're going to get nothing done. (laughs) The interpretation of this standard and what I go around and educate people to is that you can have a safety air gun at 100 to 120 PSI as long as you have a safety nozzle on it. When it dead ends, and by dead ending, I mean you stick it up to your skin, God forbid if that happened, with the safety air gun, it goes down to 30 PSI, and it's safe to the touch of your skin. Now, if we didn't have that 30 PSI safety nozzle on that air gun, that gun would basically turn into an air syringe. And you have all that nasty stuff that travels within the compressor if it's not filtered correctly such as oil and rust, and that could get into the bloodstream. And unfortunately, we've been called after there's been air embolisms with people taking the air guns and accidentally going into their arms and hitting a vein. And there has been fatalities documented from compressed air usage with non-compliant air guns and different things like that. So the education piece on this is very huge for two aspects, obviously the safety aspect, but then the other aspect is people don't exactly interpret the standard as well as they should, which leads to a lot of confrontation with the safety manager and the people out back who are using the guns day to day because if they're using it at only 30 PSI, you're not going to get the job done. And then you get angry employees and that just (laughs) carries down to not a good safety relationship. Very true. And unfortunately, like you said, there are things that have happened in the past that have gotten into people's bloodstreams and unfortunately, uh, very bad consequences to that. So this is a very important subject. Yeah, that's really interesting. Just listening to all the things that can go wrong if you don't have that training. That's kind of an eye opener. First, I love kind of your background about how you got into this. And I think, like you said, sometimes people don't know the many different avenues of safety and the travel and the training and all of that just sounds very, very interesting. Speaking about the training and such you do, what have you done to innovate and educate people to better understand and carry out these standards in a compliant way? Yeah. So it's funny. We first started off, like I said, traveling all over North America. And you get these ideas on how to innovate by recognizing the problems that you see out in the field. You're not going to get any of these ideas just by sitting behind the desk. You have to be there, boots on the ground. And so you can realize the pain points and find uh, innovative ways to mitigate them. So what we've done is through that, we've created a few different fun things, such as a guard air app, which allows people to have all of their OSHA standards listed and different ways that are going to be compliant. That's rolling out soon. But another big thing, and this has been out for about three years now, is called our OSHA compliance kit. And I sent one over to Ted. He's used it. And all the safety consultants, all the safety managers have used it. What's inside of it is basically a mock OSHA testing kit with a pressure gauge that allows you to do the testing yourself. And that's what I go in and help people out with when I'm out in the field. But the innovation of this has allowed people to not sit there and be reactive, but they're being proactive. They're actually testing before OSHA comes in. 
and they're recognizing these guns that are bad. They're switching them out. And not only is that helping them save some money, not getting a fine from OSHA, but most importantly, they're keeping people safe. And then also the innovation aspect of safety and industrial safety in general. When I first started working, there wasn't a lot of videos. There wasn't a lot of YouTube education. There weren't many podcasts like this. There's been such a big growth in last couple, three, four years that has definitely done tremendous things that people can now visualize, get interested in it, share conversations, share best practices. And I think that will only continue to grow. But I'm a big advocate of getting boots on the ground to actually recognize these things. And once you do, then you're able to mitigate the problems that you see when you're in the field. It's so hard to do it behind a computer. That's very true. It's so much easier to learn by doing. And I love the kit idea. I know Ted has a few in his office, like you said, and it just seems like it helps people be prepared. And I love, we talk about this a lot, to be proactive rather than reactive is such a big thing in the safety industry. So that makes a lot of sense. I've been able to help a lot of clients with that box and educate people with it, right? right? Yeah. So it's a very nice thing to have and utilize and look at because I think sometimes that gets overlooked very easily on different types of inspections and stuff that people are doing unless it's you see somebody spraying themselves off or something like that. But it's something that I think is overlooked a lot of times by safety professionals. Yeah. Yes. So Jordan, how has COVID affected the way that OSHA is now inspecting the air guns and how do they carry that out in their audits? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was listening to one of your past episodes and they brought this up too. I think it's a great point because it's definitely happening and I'm seeing it firsthand that OSHA wasn't obviously out much in 2020 because of COVID. And now they're out doing a lot of audits due to COVID violations, looking for that, but they're also looking at everything else. So the numbers of violations have definitely spiked up. The minimum fine has actually risen to $13,500. So all of that together has resulted in a lot of calls and people being proactive, as we've been talking about, with getting their inspection with a mock audit with the OSHA compliance kit. And then secondarily, people are looking at their compressed air functions that they're doing, such as blowing debris away on a benchtop activity or in a CNC machine, and they're substituting those with pneumatic vacuums instead because they don't want to blow COVID particles around in case there are any there. They want to safely put them into a vacuum with a HEPA or an ULPA filter and then tie that up and throw it away. So these different principles are a few things that we've been seeing. And then in terms of the inspections, we're talking about innovation. I've been doing a lot of FaceTime inspections, which is great. Now I'm going to be able to get out there more in the field now that a lot of us are vaccinated. But during 2020, we were doing a lot of the FaceTime audits where I was walking the plant virtually with the safety manager. He was using the OSHA compliance kit, and we were getting it done just like that. We were following up, doing the full report online. So it's great how you adapt when you're in a pinch, and it definitely has shown us the different avenues that we can take if it need be. And sometimes you have to hop on a plane. Like I said, there's nothing like having boots on the ground. But if you want to get an audit done in a single day, right when they contact you, hopping on FaceTime and doing it that way, has been a very good way to get it done quickly and a good way that we adapted to do it. Yeah, 2020, we've all had to be adaptable and some of the practices we take and utilize when they work. It does sound like in a normal year, and hopefully that will be improved, you get to travel quite a bit to different sites. Can you tell us briefly about one story of one of your favorite site visits? 
So one of my favorite site visits, traveling a lot and very close with aviation and aerospace, we actually got requested to go down to Delta Tech Ops facility in Atlanta and got to go into every single one of the hangars and test out pretty much all their stuff, give them recommendations. And after that, they took me on a tour and actually rode down the runway there in a golf cart and got to watch all the planes take off and stand inside the different areas where they test the engine, see all the Rolls-Royce engines. And there's been many different ones that definitely have been very fortunate to be in. And that would stuck out just because I'm a big aerospace guy myself. Yeah. But in terms of the travel and the site visits, you can't really put your finger on one of them, but that one just sticks out to me just because of how much awe I was when I stepped out and how lucky I am to be doing what I'm doing in terms of going to these different places. Yeah, that sounds very, very cool. And to be a young professional, to be able to do what you love and travel, that's really a good combination. Well, you can tell the passion that's in your voice too, Jordan. I think that's really what separates it, right? I mean, anything that we do in safety, we have to make sure we have passion, right? And yeah. doing what we love to do. So you definitely can see that. Kind of ending with our last question, why is the future of innovation of safety processes so important for younger safety enthusiasts like yourself? So like we were talking before, the innovation starts when you're in the field and you're actually looking and feeling and seeing it. Maybe you're going to Delta or you're seeing things that excite you. Mm -hmm. And maybe people don't have that passion right away. But like we've said, the progression and innovation of safety when it comes to safety apps, things like the OSHA compliance kit that we have, the videos, the podcasts, all of this are intriguing people who, and I do talk to these folks all the time, the students that are training to be either safety managers or even OSHA inspectors in college. And what obviously is going to catch their eye is the new innovative processes that are continuing to come out. And I feel like it's our responsibility and the responsibility of other safety professionals to make that happen because you want to have future safety professionals who love what they do and have as many resources as possible. And I want people to be as excited as I am about it and to learn their passion. And who knows, maybe they're going into it as passionate as I am now, or maybe they're like I am and they found their passion after they were in it. But using innovation is going to be a big thing to attract more people into being in safety. And then obviously, in turn, that's going to make a lot more people safe, save lives, reduce injury, and obviously mitigate risk in every way possible. Very true. I think our listeners listening to this will realize that uh, young professionals getting into this, there is a lot to be excited about. And you've added to that by joining us today for the podcast. So we thank you very much for that. Yeah, I want to thank you, Jordan, for being on the podcast today, Ted Speaks. But of course, as you know, this is my favorite time of the show. Myself, as a positive safety coach, we'd like to have a little fun with you. Are you ready is the question, because I know you've listened to the show before. <laughs> oh, yes, I am ready. <laughs> All right. Okay, so how do celebrities such as you stay cool? <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm much of a celebrity, but I don't know. How do we stay cool? Because of all your fans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <dun, da, da. laughs> That's a good one. Did you hear about the kidnapping at school? <laughs> no, no, I did not. He's fine. He woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I even got a laugh from Elsie, oh, our that, producer. That doesn't happen oh, every no. day. We can't crack him very easily. All right, the last one. <laughs> what kind of car does a sheep love to drive? Uh, 
So I don't know what kind of car does the chief love to drive. A Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> oh All right, hey, Jordan, thank you for being oh, on the show today. You brought a lot of valuable information on one particular area of safety that I think is really great for us to think about and focus on for the people that are listening. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how would they do that, Jordan? So the easiest way would be to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Just look up Jordan Coase of Guard Air Corporation on LinkedIn. Or you can just visit our website, Guard Air Corporation at guardair.com. And be happy to, you know, talk to you about anything you need help with. And then also, anybody who's listening to this will send you out a free OSHA kit and get you started with doing those mock OSHA audits for your compressed air done. Perfect. And Ted, I want to thank you so much for having me on. It means a lot. And wish you all the best with the future podcast. And I hope everybody stays safe out there. Well, thank you, Jordan. And yes, I would suggest that people take Jordan up on his offer. He was nice enough to give us a couple for our uh, consulting company, Total Health and Safety Solutions. And it really has brought out, when we go into different organizations, we're able to, to help them with that on something that maybe they wouldn't have looked at. So definitely take Jordan up on that. And thank you for being on the show. Have a great, super safe day. Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week.